Welcome, traders. Welcome to the SPACs attack. Let's get it started. How we doing, traders around the world? Welcome to the SPACs Attack, where we talk everything SPACs. And if you're ready to go ahead and look for some opportunities, smash that like button below. Hit the subscribe bell. Let's get started with the SPACs Attack. Let's bring on my man, Chris Ketchy. What's up, man? Hey, hey, what's going on, Mitch? How are we doing today? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm looking for discounts and and I'm shopping, man. I I got my shopping shoes on. You know, a lot of people are kind of worried in this market. But like I always said, um, I think about it in the Warren Buffett mentality. You know, he's never failed. You know, when the blood's in the streets, it's time to go buying. So, hey, I'm getting into some. So don't worry, guys. Smash the like button. We'll get into some of these today and we'll start rolling through on some opportunities. But like always, we get into the headlines first. So if you guys could do us a favor, smash the like button and let's go ahead and bring back that curtain for us. Chris, pull it back. All right, guys, so turning to headlines today, up first, we have uh, ticker OPEN. This is Open Door, which, of course, went public in a SPAC deal. Ticker was IPOB. This is a Chamath Polyhoptia, former SPAC. So they reported earnings yesterday. For So for the full fiscal 2020, revenue of $2.58 billion, total homes sold 9913 uh, so that's a key here because, again, as we talk about these companies going public and, you know, reporting earnings, we get the first look at how those actual numbers shape up against what they laid out in their investor presentation. So Open Door had previously guided for revenue of $2.5 billion for the year. So they beat that figure. And they also guided for homes sold of 9673 so they also beat that number from that original investor presentation. Um, they did not give guidance for uh, the full, next full fiscal year, 2021. They did guide for Q1. So the original presentation calls for revenue of $3.5 billion, 13,458 homes sold. So we'll use that as a reference point kind of as we go through the year. But again, they beat those original projections from the investor presentation. And Fisker, so FSR, you know, this is one we've been talking a lot about lately. Um, you know, so I do own shares of FSR. Uh, so Morgan Stanley out, you know, with more companies. This is named as their favorite electric vehicle startup. And they say, doubters, the firm encourages investors to consider why partners such as Magna and Foxconn have chosen Fisker um you know for those electric vehicles so again two great partners setting fisker up for success morgan stanley has a 40 dollars price target a 90 case um you know on that name uh so keep an eye out on fsr it was one of my top picks for 2021 and i do own shares of that and we have spce so virgin galactic news out today that chamath Polyoptia has sold the rest of his personal stake 
in the company for $211 million. So he sold 6.2 million shares at an average price point of $35. Uh, he also sold 3.8 million shares back in December to fund other projects. Um, he does still own 15.8 million shares with social capital Hedo Sofia. So again, this was his personal investment in the company that he is now out of. I do own shares of SPCE. Then we have DMYQ. So this is the fourth um, SPAC from DMY Technology and our friend of the show, Niccolo Damasi. So they raised $300 million in an upsized listing. So DMYQ units could start trading soon. And then also keep an eye out on DMYI. This was the third SPAC. They have a rumor for IonQ, a quantum computing company. And that fourth SPAC could signal that the management team is close to a deal announcement. Then our movers yesterday, we have LACQ up 15%, SPRQ up 6%. And then our two new deals announced. So RTPZ, that deal with Hippo, ended down 6%. And SOAC, that deal with Deep Green, down 1%. I do own shares of SOAC. Then turning to earnings, uh, Ride, Lordstown Motors out with their uh, earnings date of March 17th and RMO Romeo Power out with their earnings date of March 30th. I do own shares of both of those names as well. And then we have a rumor out, so from the Wall Street Journal, uh, ticker ATMR is in talks with Shutterfly at a four to $5 billion valuation for a SPAC deal. Um, so Shutterfly went public in 2019, valued at $2.7 billion. They did acquire SnapFit um, shortly after that deal um, to go private as part of the merger. Um, but keep an eye out on this one. I don't see there being a ton of interest in this, um, you know, Shutterfly and Snapfish in this market environment. So I'm not surprised that, um, you know, ATMR is probably not spiking on that rumor. And it is still trading in units, looks like 1006. So this deal could be a little ways off still from deal announcement. Let me turn to our big deal this morning. So ticker GWAC. Uh, this is one we've been waiting for a while, right? We've been talking crypto um, and we finally got a crypto SPAC deal announced this morning. So this is Bitcoin miner Cypher Mining going public with GoodWorks acquisition. Again, ticker GWAC. So they're one of the leading providers of Bitcoin mining hardware and blockchain software and services. Values the company at $2 billion. Um, so they were last valued at $1 billion in 2018. $425 million pipe backed by Fidelity and a unit of Morgan Stanley. And Cypher mining parent company Bitfury also investing $50 million in the pipe. Structured as a credit deal. Um, that deal is expected to close the second quarter of 2021. Current shareholders will own 6% of the company after merger. So since its inception in 2011, Cypher Mining has mined over 600,000 Bitcoin. Um, they're, they're projected to be one of the largest scale mining platforms in the U.S., also one of the lowest cost. So they see mining capacity of 745 megawatts of power capacity by the end of 2025 with an industry leading cost of energy of 2.7 cents per kilowatt hour. So they're gonna add US data centers in the fourth quarter of 2021 through 2022 for its next wave that'll add 445 megawatts 
And then from 2023 to 2025, they're going to add another 300 megawatts. So they think that they can get a 9% market share of Bitcoin mining and be one of the leaders. They also see growth ahead with planned financial services, possible ETFs, and a mining as a service business for customers. So in that uh, presentation, they list their uh, peers. So of course, Cypher Mining, that deal values the company at $2 billion, um, 745 megawatts by 2025. So some current uh, public companies, we have Argo Blockchain with 235 megawatts by 2025, Marathon Digital Holdings, 335 megawatts by 2025, BitFarms, 468 megawatts, Riot Blockchain, 120 megawatts. And all those companies, you know, we have Argo trading at $1.3 billion, Marathon trading at $3.4 billion, Riot trading at $3.4 billion. So decent attractive valuation here, you know, if Cypher Mining can hit on all those targets, then that 2.7 uh, cents per kilowatt hour is lower than their peers listed there. So revenue of $6 million in fiscal 2021 but jumping significantly starting in fiscal 2022 with 350 million and then going up to 650 million in 2023, 714 million in 2024 and 1 billion dollars in 2025. So again, you know, not a lot of revenue now, uh, but this is all about the future for this company and could be one of the big bit Bitcoin mining companies. So this deal, you know, definitely on your watch list again we're in an environment right now where we are not seeing those huge spikes this one was up about 11 or 12 percent earlier today um, but it has since dropped on that then we turn to our calendar so a vote uh, for CFII on that merger with view sounds like that is a done deal as they have a large institutional backing to get that vote passed and then next week we have a vote on the 11th IPV um, on that vote with uh, Ava, a LIDAR company. And then we also have earnings from Rush Street Interactive on the 10th next week. That's a sports betting company. And then, you know, before I turn it back over to Mitch and we go through our watch list, I want to share some stats. So there are currently 487 active SPACs. So in 2020, we had 248 SPACs launch, raising $83 billion. And in 2021 through yesterday, we have 224 SPACs that have raised $72 billion. So, you know, again, as I talk about the massive number of SPACs that there are, um, you know, it would be nice to see that number come down to maybe help with some of these deals. Uh, so that's the stats that I saw online yesterday from SPAC track. Back to you, Mitch. All right, guys, as you guys can see, there's some headlines out there and definitely some opportunities. So I've been taking a look, um, you know, the, the, I, I'm going to try to I'm going to hold off on, on something that I wanted to talk about till later. We, we could talk about it next week. Um, really going to get into different industries. That's what I want to get into. Um, there's an industry I talk about today, but we got some more important things on our clock and on our radar. So let's get into what we want to get into, which is really kind of what is at that under 1025 pricing and you know we could look at the watch list but really i, I want to get into these specs you know we have so many that we can go in through that i'm gonna let chris go first and then i'll go i'll go ahead and i'll touch some but 
there's plenty of opportunities out here. And the way that I look at it is this, it's all about risk management from here. And that's why I've always and countlessly said that I don't buy anything past that 1050. Um, and, and this is the reason why guys, because moments like this could happen at any time. And I felt that could happen in specs. And that's why I didn't trade warrants really, because I felt warrants can just move way too volatile in price. And then what ends up happening is sometimes you are going to get stopped out. Is there more money made in warrants? Yeah, I, I've seen that. You know, I've seen the percentage gains and I've seen that. But at the same time, percentage gains is not what I'm just about, guys. I, I'm trying to get a consistent strategy here. And to me, it's more of a patient game. And because I got in so many close to 10, I've been able to hang on to just pretty much every single one. I've only sold two of them. Um, and the reason I sold two of them was just to re- uh, allocate that capital into another one. So I, I sold some shares of SEAH after the news that they didn't get sports radar. So I said, you know what, I'm going to lower the position down. I'm not going to get rid of it, but I lowered some down and I put, took that chunk of capital and then I took it over to one that I felt I had a higher average that I wanted to average down in and, and a high conviction play. So got into that. And, and that's what I've been doing, guys. It's just kind of reallocating the capital to try to get into my high conviction plays and stick with those and, and see if we can get this market to come back up. All right, Chris. So I'll let you go ahead and unlock some SPACs for us. Let's go ahead and check out some of the ones that you're looking at under that 1025. And, and just to mention, and Chris, you can talk about this. We did get a question um, from on Twitter about the $10 level and, and where is it safe and when is it safe? Um, can you can you go ahead and speak about, you know, after the merger completed, how that's no longer your floor and, and, and things like that for us? Yeah, sure. And, you know, that was a great question. And I will also try to find the, the link here um, from uh, Julian Klamachko that I shared. So SPACs have a, a floor of the net asset value, which is normally $10 plus interest. So there is a uh, there's two periods, though, where that really comes into play. And that is the uh, redemption period and then also the liquidation period. So if... Um, a deal is not reached for the SPAC. Um, the the uh, SPAC unit can liquidate. So then they return the money back um, to shareholders. So that's the liquidation period. Then you would get your, you know, your net asset value back in the form of that liquidation. And then also there's the redemption period. So that comes around vote time. But the important thing to know is that we do have the, the two-day waiting period, right? And it's kind of similar to you know, how you have to own a stock by a certain date to be able to get the dividend. So we'll take CFII as the example. So CFII, that merger vote today was with VIEW. So in order to be able to redeem shares um, at net asset value, you had to own this stock by March 3rd, so two days ago. And then you were able to vote and you were able to redeem those shares for net asset value, which would be $10 plus interest. So people who did that may have actually made a profit just by redeeming those, those shares. So if I pull up CFII, I see it's now trading at 858. And that's the, the reason why is because now there's no longer that floor. So we've seen several SPACs, you know, post deal drop below $10. Clover Health, obviously, CLOV, uh, UWM Holdings, UWMC. Um, you know, uh, shift, SFT, car lots, LOTZ. So again, that, that $10 floor is only there 
you know, going into the merger vote date and you have to own shares in time for that vote to be able to redeem them back for the net asset value. So I did drop that link in the chat. Um, again, that's from Accelerate, Julian Klamachko, good friend of the show. He breaks it all down there. We also had him on our boot camp, you know, recently, and we'll bring him back on. He's great at explaining, you know, the, the mechanics of the redemption period and those units. So great question um, asked by, I believe, Sam on Twitter. So if you're in here, Sam, thank you for the question. Um, but again, it's important to know that. But that's also why today we're going to talk about SPACs trading under 1025, right? Because that's a good level, um, you know, to, to get in at because your your risk, as long as you pay attention to the timeline and that redemption period is, is very limited. So, yes, shares can go below $10 before the vote. You know, again, shares can go to any price, but you still have the opportunity to, to redeem them in at that net asset value. So, you know, Mitch, hopefully that answers, um, you know, the, the question there. Uh, and we'll definitely do some more education on uh, SPACs in the future. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it was a very important question. I understand it. I mean, you know, you hear so much about the $10 level. You actually have to understand when the $10 level is your floor. And, and this is very important. So let's go ahead and let's get into some of these SPACs. Let's unlock them, guys, and, and see what's see what's out there right now. All right, Chris. So go ahead and let us know, guys. So you guys in the chat, guys, let's play a game. And let's while we go through these ten, you know, under ten twenty-five specs. I would love to hear you guys' opinion on what you guys think. So if you guys think yes, let 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 let's. I, I like the company, like the management. Can can look start looking for an entry. Press one. If you guys think nah, I'm just gonna completely pass on this one. Let it go. Let it go. Press two, guys. All right, Chris, let's go ahead and nail some of these down. Let us know. What's up? All right, guys. So, yeah, there's there's a couple different ways to approach this. We have seen lots of SPACs trading under $10, under $10.25. So the area that I'm going to try to focus on first today um, before we get to some picks from Mitch is I'm going to really focus on units. So I'm going to focus on some new units that came to market that are, you know, trading under 1025. So again, remember that a SPAC unit, uh, you know, is the first pricing. So those shares go public as units, and then 52 days later, split, and you have the ability to call your broker, split your units into one common share, a portion of a warrant. So that's important because, again, if you buy these units around $10, you're getting a common share at $10, that you can later redeem at net asset value. And you also get a portion of a warrant. So we used to see warrants all trading, you know, $1.50 or above for the most part. Now they're starting to, you know, come down, you know, under a dollar on some of these. Um, so, you know, you get some downside risk here and some upside risk with that warrant and the possible movement on a deal announcement. Hey, Chris, I had a question for you. So for those units, you know, one thing I noticed was that certain brokerage actually charge you for splitting those units, right? How does that work, Chris? And have you heard of a, a maybe a brokerage that has a little bit of an advantage here? It's something that I definitely think, you know, if you're like a, a big trader, then maybe this doesn't affect you. You know, the, the fee is probably so small that you could just get in anyways. But for us that maybe have smaller accounts that are trying to build an account, 
you know, a certain fee, a commission could really kind of make the trade different. So how does that work, Chris? Yeah, Mitch, that's a great question. And we, we don't talk brokers a ton on this show, but, you know, uh, I also will point out, so units, you can't buy units on certain brokers. So, you know, we may have a lot of people in here that that use Robinhood or Webull. You can't buy SPAC units on there. You have to wait until common shares are available. As far as the big brokers go, you, you can, uh, you know, ask them. You can look in their frequently asked questions. That's what I did. So I selected Fidelity for my account that holds, you know, the majority of my SPAC positions. And the reason why is Fidelity does not charge a fee for the SPAC unit split. So if I want to split my units, I can call up, you know, the brokerage and I can ask for them to split the units and there is no fee to me. Other companies charge, you know, anywhere from $29, I think, to $49 per per split. So, you know, if you own uh, $200 of a SPAC and it splits, you're, you're paying $29, you know, over 10% you know, just in the fee to split those units. Again, if, you, if you're buying $1,000 worth of SPACs, probably not that big of a deal to have the, the $29 fee, but it is a very important uh, part. I'm glad you brought that up, Mitch. Um, but again, that's why I chose Fidelity. Um, you know, everyone is welcome, you know, choose your own broker based on your needs. But again, the, my account that has a lot of SPAC positions that I knew I was going to be buying units in, I chose Fidelity, you know, to, to lower my fees um, going forward. And then the, the, the other question people commonly ask is, you know, do, do the splits happen automatically or do I always have to call? So the answer is they don't normally split automatically. You do need to call. Um, the, the exception to the rule was PSTH, the Bill Ackman Pershing Square uh, unit. Those automatically split. So whatever broker you had, if you had PSTH units, those split automatically. So that's the one that kind of, you know, confuses people up because that one took care of it on its own. But everything else, you need to call your, your broker up. So then turning to these units, and again, I, I have a bunch jotted down here. We're going to try to get to around 10 of them. But these are all units. So I'm going to start with some newer issued units first. So up first, we have NSTC and NSTD. So these are a pair of new SPACs from Jonathan Ledecky and Joanna Coles. Um, this is uh, the team, you know, SPAC Hall of Fame. They announced BarkBox and Apex deals very fast. Um, so they have a tendency to get some of these deals done, you know, rather quickly. Uh, BarkBox was announced when it was still in units. You only get a sixth of a warrant here. Um, so, you know, not as much of the upside on the warrant side of things. But this is a team that knows how to get deals done. And both of these are currently trading at $10. So you're getting these units at $10 on NSTC, NSTD, um, you know, definitely on my watch list. Then we have NDAC. So NDAC is targeting cybersecurity. Um, you know, you look at this management team and they have Dave DeWalt from FireEye and McAfee. They have Mark Garrett from Adobe, Cisco, and Snowflake. To, to me, that's a great management team, right, to tackle cybersecurity, software, that industry. Um, you also get a fifth of a warrant here. So, you know, these are trading at 10.10 as of today. Um, so, again, you know, I, I think that's a strong management team. And buying at the unit price, you're getting, you know, that low risk down to the, the $10 floor. Then we have TSPQ. 
Um, so this is another, you know, new one within the past couple of days targeting tech, healthcare, or consumer. One third of a warrant included in these units. And the management team, you know, again, jumps out to me because Solar City, QuantumScape, and Activision Blizzard listed among, um, you know, the, the management team's leadership roles. So this is one that I've been watching, um, TSPQ. Then up next, we have GBRG. So GBRG is an interesting one. And this one I want to highlight, you know, uh, for a couple of reasons. So it's a rather small SPAC, right? So um, I think they raised less than $100 million. So, you know, the, who knows what kind of deal they can get here. And it may not be, you know, a huge private company that everyone has heard of, but they're targeting artificial intelligence, which I think is a great growth industry. And units are trading under $10. And those units, you get a full or you get a warrant, but their warrants are a two to one ratio. So essentially you're getting half of a warrant and then you also get one right. We haven't talked a lot about rights on the show. So rights are another bonus with some of these units where you can trade in the rights for common shares. So in this case, one right is the rights are one to 10 for a common share. So if you own 10 rights, you can redeem that for a common share after the deal is announced. So rights are similar to warrants where they provide some upside if a deal is announced, but they also are worthless if the company doesn't reach a SPAC deal. So I promise you guys more on rights in an upcoming episode, but but this one having, you know, essentially a half warrant and a right attached to it and trading on $10, I think is good value um, here at that level. Then we have H-E-R-A, so this is uh, FTAC Hera from Betsy Cohen. She's one of the you know most well-known names in the SPAC world, in FinTech. You get a fourth of a warrant here. Um, you know This one, again, trading under $10, um, which surprises me because you know Betsy Cohen, normally her new SPACs um, you know, trade at a premium, but again, we're just not there as a market anymore. So I see good value here. Um, you know, with H-E-R-A. And then we have PSAC. This is Property Solutions, the same team that did Faraday Few. Um, we had them on our show. So you get one third warrant here. Um, you know, I like the management team. And again, trading under that level that we have talked about. Um, so definitely worth, you know, keeping on your watch list uh, at the current price. Then we have ISOS. So ISIS acquisition, one third of a warrant. This one's new and, you know, it did immediately jump out on um, the management team names. But if you look at what they've done, you have George Berrios from WWE and Jacqueline Hernandez from Telemundo. So, you know, they're targeting media. And, you know, to me, those are strong media brands. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye out on this one again with that third of a warrant being included as well. Then you have PGRW, Progressive Act, or Progress Acquisition. I need to do some more digging on this one, but you know, targeting media and that management team has been you know, involved with Dish Network, Sirius XM Satellite, AMC Networks, and FanDuel. So you know, those are the newer um, SPAC units that I want to highlight. And then a couple more um, that I personally own that are still trading as units, um, but you know they, they're a couple weeks old, but I wanna highlight them once again, because I think it's important. So we have Puck, uh, this is Goal Acquisitions Corp. 
So the management team is Harvey Schiller. He's the former U.S. Olympic Committee chairman, uh, also worked for the, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Yankees. And then we have John Miller. Um, he's the former chairman and CEO of AOL. And then we also have Michael Jordan's former agent um, attached to this SPAC, which I think can create some possible synergies down the road with Michael Jordan. And here with Puck, you get a full warrant. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out on that one. And then we have SLAM, which is the Alex Rodriguez SPAC. So you get one-fourth of a warrant. And then also remember that the QuantumScape CEO is attached to SLAM. So I think that's a strong management team. We have LEGO. No, not those building bricks, but the ticker is L-E-G-O. Again, targeting uh, renewables and energy. You also get a full warrant with this name. And then lastly, for those units that I want to highlight, you have FSNB targeting fintech. This is Fusion, the same team uh, behind FUSE that uh, did a deal for Money Lion. You get one third of a warrant here. So again, a team that's accomplished and has gotten a deal, you know, at least announced. So, so that's it, Mitch, for the ones at least trading as units under 1025. I know you've got some picks. And then if we have time, um, maybe I'll get back to some, uh, you know, common stocks also trading under 1025 because, again, I know not everyone can trade units on their brokers. But, again, I wanted to highlight the units because in today's market, you, you talk about risk-reward. And to me, there, there's not a better risk-reward in SPACs than buying units if you can get them at 10 because you have the the warrants, you have the common shares, so you have some possible in two places. You have the upside possible when they split into common shares and more people can purchase them. And then you have that downside protection at $10. So uh, that's what I've got for units, Mitch, out there under 1025 now. Looks like the old uh, Mutric there. It doesn't even let me know because of the banner. That's what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> it hid my little thing to tell me that I was muted there. So, all right, guys. So, um, you know, one thing we, Chris and I have been talking about is is these units and, and how maybe this could be a, a time where you could start looking at these and creating a strategy where, you know, you at least have some kind of risk adverse strategy here by getting the units and then you know giving yourself an ability to make money almost two ways you know you can you get those warrants you get that common and, and I, it's something that i'm definitely interested i feel that i need to learn a little bit more about how units work so that i can start investing in them but it's been something that chris has brought up to me and, and something that i'm digging into so definitely guys if you guys are looking at those opportunities uh there's a reason why I'm a little bit interested and especially at prices where they're at now, it's going to be interesting to see um, how these units kind of perform over, over the next kind of two, two or three months. Um, but like always guys, there's definitely some, some stocks just getting crushed right now. And this is why, you know, as, as a SPAC holder, you got to be careful when you buy SPACs past that kind of rumor or announcement because they can always come right back down towards that $10 level. We've been seeing a bunch of SPACs that we thought never would come back down to these levels all the way right back down towards $10. And so what does that show you is that $10 was the floor probably to begin with, you know, and if you don't understand that, then you, you, you're not taking the right risk 
analysis and you're not probably sticking to your plan because i know a lot of people that got you know probably caught in in a stock like you know like i ipoe that is up there it was up there in the 20s 24 trying to get that announcement trying to trying to rip up and then boom from 20 down to 13 now and it looking like that one's heading down in, in my eyes close to towards 10 and i'm i'm gonna hope that it gets down there because if it does definitely will be an opportunity for me and I'll definitely grab it if it does get below that. But let's go into some that are actually at that level right now and, and some that we can talk about. All right, guys. So the first one I'm going to mention, guys, and, and I'll go ahead and I'll bring up the ch some charts here so that we can look at them is WPF, guys. So WPF. And, and so one thing that I want to tell you guys and, and how I actually got these was I did a screener, guys, and, and, and I did a screener for really market cap. Um, you know, of course, the pricing had to be into it because that's what we're filtering for, you know, the price and, and holding companies. But really, I started looking at the best opportunities, the best market cap that could possibly get a, a, a big potential buy here. Um, so the first one that stood out to me was WPF. Now you're seeing it at $9.97. So under $10 on this one. Chris, what's up with WPF? Yeah, you know, WPF, uh, this is a Bill Foley one. So they announced that deal with uh, A-Lite. Um, so, you know, a, a good target, but again, you know, not that, that sexy name in electric vehicles or space. So it has sold off now, but you, you look at that high there in the, in the 14s, you, you know, I think this one for me would be more of a, a long-term, um, you know, play, but I, I do like the, the target here. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I'm looking at this one. Uh, I think it could go a little bit lower, but uh, I think, you know, what I'm looking for this one, if I got it in this one, I would probably hold closest towards that $9. L look where you're getting it, guys. You're getting it back at, at some of the cheapest moments that it's ever been. Uh, the cheapest one I have right here is $9.74. So maybe you hold that as your floor, but definitely um, with a market cap of $1.29 billion, uh, this one has potential there, guys. All right, let's keep moving on and let's go to my next one. This is going to be APSG, guys. That's Apollo Strategic Growth Capital. And one thing I noticed, Chris, and, and you can confirm this for me, they have another one, right, that they've already announced? So APSG is in talks right now with um, Solera. And I didn't even mention this in headlines. They also, it sounds like, are talking to some other companies uh, for a possible multi-merger. Um, so Solera, you know, was an interesting one to me. They were previously public. They went private, but I think they even work with um, like a company like Tesla. So they do um, automotive like algorithms and solutions. So, you know, this one, I'm, I'm surprised that it's, it's fallen down. And again, on that deal announcement, could this one get a little bit of a of a pop again? Yeah, guys, we're talking about a market cap of one point four billion dollars here, and and I am looking, and and you can tell me if this is the same management. Um, I, I do see a, a Polo Strategic Growth Capital too. So in units right now, trading in units at ten fifteen. Yep, yep, that's correct. All right, guys. And so one thing I notice is, and, and we notice this pattern is maybe because they're coming out with the second one, maybe they start getting this deal done, you know? 
And so I'll keep this one on watch, guys. Uh, full disclosure, I have an order out on this one. And I'll, I'll let you guys know even where I have it, guys. I have it set right now at 998. Because in my eyes, if I can get this one underneath 10, I'll just sit, guys. All right, guys. So let's go going. Um, let's go into the next one. This is one I actually own right now, CRHC. Um, and why would I own this one, guys? I mean, at the end of the day, to me, uh, I, I'm looking at the, the market cap on this one and we're over a billion dollars and I've seen this one go up towards 1140. I was even interested in this one closer to 11, but I tried to stick to my rules, guys, and I waited below 1050s uh, for my first entry. And I actually got in this one in the 1030s and and looking to, you know, continue adding down, you know, this, this is one that I think could get a, a really good potential uh acquisition here it has a low though uh, i'd give you guys of 960s so just to give you some insight it could go down towards those levels um i'm looking at it right now to to take an ad if it gets below 990 um if it does get below that i'll probably add a little bit more and hang on tight to this one all right guys let's go, keep going through here ctac i know ctac has had some rumors what's up with that chris yeah, so CTAC, this is one, I'm going to guess, targets 5G um, based on that management team. So there was a rumor out, I can't even remember, uh, it was a company also backed by a large software company. Um, but Nextel, Sprint, Verizon, Nokia, those are some of the companies that this management team has led. Um, so lots of experience in telecom. And, and to me, based on the growth of where telecommunications is going, I, I, I have to believe, you know, if that's the target area that they're going to go after 5G. Yeah, you know, uh, I've been keeping an eye on this one. I actually added it a little bit closer towards uh, kind of this 10, 15 area. And, and and I've averaged down closer towards this 10, 20 now. And, and I've seen this one up there before. I mean, th this one has ripped out there before. So uh, I'm going to hang on tight and see if we can get back above 11. If this one gets back above 11, you know, uh, I'll be looking for this one to get an announcement. And if, with that announcement, I, I think this one can go towards 1350s, 14. So I'm keeping this one definitely, guys, on my portfolio. All right, guys. So the next one up here is one that I never expected to get this cheap, guys. That's LFTR, guys. And, and, and just to give full disclosure, I'm in this one too. I've been adding uh, as we've been pulling back. And my first ad really, guys, was at 1050. I tried to stick to my rule in this one. And I thought, it's, I thought it was such a great stock that I did take that 1050 entry. And then I got my first shares at 1050. But I was able to add and lower down my average towards 1020 now. My average is at 1020. I'm, I'm looking at this one holding. I, I think this one could get a good acquisition. Chris, what's going on with LFTR? Yeah, you know, full disclosure, I am also in LFTR. We're targeting FinTech here. You know, this management team to me, again, as we mentioned, a crypto deal today, th this one screams crypto to me. You have the former CEO of E-Trade. You have the former chief operating officer of Coinbase. Um, he also worked at TD Ameritrade. So you have experience with, uh, you know, Coinbase, the, um, you know, crypto selling, and you also have experience with a couple brokerages. I, I think they lean towards bringing a crypto, uh, you know, broker public. But that's, again, just my opinion. But I do own shares of this. And the thing that attracted me was the possible crypto play. 
Definitely, definitely. I'll keep an eye on this one. And we're underneath 10 on that one, guys. All right, guys, let's go to my next one. My largest holding, guys, and I'll let you guys know, is an SPNV. And I've been adding, guys, when I first started on this stock, I was actually up towards 1130s and been adding slowly but surely guys and and gotten my average down towards the 11 uh the 1050s and so uh, i'm still kind of holding on to this one I, I really believe in this one uh i've been looking forward to crack 10 if it does crack 10 i'll i'll go ahead and i'll add a little bit more but this is my largest position guys so i might be a little bit biased here bringing this one up but I think the management team's perfect for what they're looking for. And when they do make this acquisition, uh, I believe in a lot of uh, what Raskoff is trying to complete here. So let's see what happens with this one. This one looked like it was even going to rip out here. Got to 12s and, and I, was, I was in the good green here and maybe should have sold off a little bit of my position as we came back. But I thought this one would hold 11 and that's how it goes, guys. Sometimes you're going to be wrong. But one thing I have done is that I've stuck towards my original rule, which I was going to stick towards a dollar risk on this one. And now that I'm down towards 1050, it gives me an ability to come back down towards 950s. Um, let's see what happens here. Um, if it's just holding 10 today and we can get back up there towards, let's say, 1050s, it'll be looking good. And really what we need on this one is just that announcement or at least a rumor. Yeah, and Mitch, I'll note there on Supernova that that company did just file and they have a second stack out there now trading in units this week. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's another trend to watch that maybe a deal is getting close with that second SPAC coming from uh, Supernova. Hey, um, yeah, we could put the ticker at the bottom. I'm sorry for not putting them. I'm just going through these at the same time. So it's kind of hard for me to put the banner up, but I'll, I'll do it for you for the next couple ones here. Um, so this is this was Supernova SPNV, and let's go to the next one. That's going to be FPAC. Um, and FPAC has is, is gotten me a little bit concerned. But to tell you the truth, the reason I got a little concerned is just because I didn't expect it to get towards these 980s that quickly. I'm in, in a good price here at 1015, but man, this one's this one's heading down a little bit and kind of concerning. You know, I, I don't want it to pass this level right here. This is at 966. If it does pass through 966, I'll probably just have to let it go, guys. But uh, I'm gonna hang on tight here, closer towards that 960s, and look to maybe get an ad in, in the 970s, um, and, and that could bring me down below ten dollars, which would give me a good upside potential so i'm gonna keep tight on far peak but what's up with far peak and, and what what acquisition could come from this yeah so this is thomas farley the former head of the new york stock exchange you know he he's been a crypto bull for several years so again to me i think they go after a crypto target but you know looking at fintech but you know this is one um that has looked attractive to me for for a while to uh, now under ten dollars yeah, you know, uh, I'll take a look and, and see if I can get a little ad on this one. And so the last one I got to mention, guys, is one that I saw on my scanner that stood out to me, guys, and that's Spitfire. That's SPFR here. So let's go ahead for everyone that wants our symbols. It just takes me a little bit longer, guys. So I tried to jump right into the chart here as I'm doing the banners here. But SPFR here, guys, and, and let's take a look at this chart. Um, I full disclosure, I don't have a position in this one, but you know, the, the management team stood out to me and I think, you know, 
in the long run, if I could get this one, maybe nine nineties, maybe nine eighty five, I I won't be mad. I I can take this one and, and try to get it back up there. But what what do you think about this one, Chris? Yeah, you know I I like this one, um, Barry Sternlich. So the same one who brought us Jaws JWS, um, which is taking a Medicare company public. You know Jaws is trading at twelve fifty right now. It's actually been up the past couple days. Um, held relatively strong um even through this bloodbath that we've seen with SPAC. so i think barry Sternlich, you know has some backing from um you know institutions and some uh, you know investors so to me spitfire looks attractive with Sternlich. and then as i mentioned on our sports show serena williams is also a member of this team She's done lots of investments in, you know, private companies. So she has a strong eye and she also could bring some great brand awareness to whoever they take public. So th this has been on my watch list um, as well. All right, guys. So we got a question here from the chat. That's going to be it for, for the ones that I'll mention here, guys. Um, but we did get a question in the chat from Vidya about SPACs near 10 with a good deal already. I can tell you right now, I kind of mentioned one that I'm looking to see if it comes down. But I, I tell you the truth, the, to me, this is not the environment to look at those because the floor is not there. And so if the market keeps dragging down, those could come down and keep coming down. I mean, look at Clove. Just look at it. Just take a look at that chart. I mean, CLOV, if we take a look at this, I'll pull it up. And look where it's at, guys. This is what you don't want to kind of run into. Um, in my eyes, I'm trying to stay away from these plays just because I can get caught in this one too. You know, uh, I, I looked at this one and I thought the bottom was going to be around $10.50, $10. And I'll show you the chart right now and you tell me, look at that, guys. Ten dollars did look good, you know, because you know you could draw a you know a horizontal line here, and, and you could have tried to attack maybe the low here, somewhere between nine ninety five, ten dollars. It looked interesting, but man, look at this next week, guys, from nine ninety five down to six sixty nine. Where is the bottom? Nobody knows. And so, with that being said, I'm gonna stay away from those. Doesn't mean that you can't get these that are after the deal and close to 10. But to me, it just doesn't seem like the best risk to reward profile. And that's what we try to tell you guys is literally, you know, what we see and what we can get out there. But to me, if you're getting some that are prior deals, prior rumors, those still give you a potential that if the rumor comes out or the deal comes out, it could just spike right back over that, that level. And that's why you got to be so close towards that $10. Um, I know a lot of people want to talk about XL Fleet. I mean, there's really nothing to talk about right now. I mean, they had that short report, but really what's what's going to be talked about is does this break through the 10 and keep going down the same way Clove did? And so you got to be careful with those too. And so that's why I would, I'd mention this one and, and look at it. And there's a reason why I got out of RMO, guys. You got to know when you have a loser. And so to me, guys, uh, I got out of this one in a small green position, but that was just because I worked my position. That wasn't because it was my original entry. My original entry was actually closer towards 13s. And so I'll show you guys right here. I, I ended up selling this one um, just over the green uh, on on yesterday's like little pop here and, and selling into this little pop. But man, it, down to 896 and 
heading down some further. This is RMO, guys. I'll, I'll put up the ticker so you guys can know exactly what we're talking about here. But RMO ticker taking a hit there down to 896. I know some people that are in this and into some pain. So it's it just how it goes. And, and it, it just shows me that, you know, I got to stick to my plan. And I'm, uh, I'm at least glad that I didn't just give away the money there and, and keep holding on to this one. So know your risk and stick to your plans because I, I definitely am not in agreement with uh, just I'll just keep buying. I'll just keep buying. I'll just keep buying because then you become a bag holder and no one really wants to hold the bag for that long. Really what ends up happening, at least in my uh, understanding when you bag hold is that you miss out on opportunities and then you end up start watching other stocks move and you're like, man, but my capital's tied up and, and I'm just stuck watching this one position and, and you end up hoping for the position to move in your direction. And I've always told myself, if I hope, want, or need something to go in the direction, I'm probably trading the wrong way and I need to readjust my emotions and control them a little bit better and, and try to go with a planned attack. And that's what's always worked out for me, guys. Like always, guys, you guys got to do your own data to see this so that you can see how you trade, see when you make mistakes because you're going to make a mistake as a, as a trader. You're going to hold one past your stop level and then realize, man, I should have just stopped out. But that's, that's like always, guys. Just do your own risk assessment and your own research. Chris, it looks like we still have a little bit of time here. Um, do you want to maybe mention at least two, two or three or, or four from your common? Yeah, so why don't I just go through these real quick. So, you know, I, I went through units. Here's some that are trading as common, so you can buy them across any broker. Um, so we have D-U-N-E, uh, that's Dune Targeting Software as a Service. Um, they're the only ones with that specifically listed as their target area that I'm aware of. Um, so I think that's attractive, and that's a, you know, a, a hot area for some of these software companies that have gone public uh, with traditional IPOs. Then we have Ivan, I-V-A-N. So this one recently split from units. Um, they're targeting electrification. I think they go after mining. And, you know, the, the comparison here for Ivan would be, you know, MP materials with the rare earth mining. You know, what happens if Ivan can also land a rare earth mining company? Then we have IGAC. Uh, targeting, you know, gaming, hospitality. Uh, this is Bradley Tusk, who was an early investor um, in a couple uh, sports betting names. And then the team also has experience running casinos. So IGAC for me, you know, I think they land a sports betting company, um, which again has been a attractive uh, growth market. We have OCA Omnichannel. So we had Matt Higgins, the CEO, on our show for an interview this week. I, I love this management team, you know, Matt talking about, you know, these retailers needing omni-channel presence. And then Gary V on this team, very wise man who is ahead of trends for social media and investing. Um, and then you have, you know, just a huge team of experienced people. Then we have FMAC. This is one that I own. So they're targeting the tech industry. Jason Robbins, the CEO of DraftKings and a director from Electronic Arts are on the management team. And guys, remember Jason Robbins is part of that SPAC uh, HZON that is rumored to be taking Sport Radar public. So, you know, looks like Robbins, you know, has a keen eye 
on getting some of these deals done. So I'm in FMAC. And then, you know, the, the other ones I would highlight again, which maybe there's too many of them out there, but we have the SPACs targeting the sports market. So we have SEAH, RBAC, and BHSE are a couple of my favorites. I know, Mitch, that you like some of those as well. You know, I think we're going to see more deals done for media in the sports market and also some some teams. <laughs> I, I love how someone in the chat mentioning how they got the, the pens and pads out and, and, and taking notes. This is what it's about, guys. Definitely, guys. This is what it's all about, guys. So take your notes and then do your D, you know, your DD and, and do your deep research and, and find out what, what happened. You know, do you like this? Is this for you? And then start looking at the technicals also, because if you're seeing multiple lows in that area, maybe see if you can get a little bit lower and get a better entry than than the the two lows that you see right next to each other. So just to give you like an example to at least show you a stock, FMAC, the one that Chris was talking about right now. So let me take the banner down so at least you guys can know the ticker. But like you see how this one, okay, and I'm going to zoom in a little bit so you guys can see the lows. So this one had, it opened at 1026 yesterday, right? It had a high of 1034, but a low of 978. And so what I would look for, I'd be like, all right, so I had the low of 978. Could it maybe crack 978 today and I get a better entry than that? And, and, and that's what I would approach it. And so today you got a low of 990, a high of 1028. I would look for it to come closer towards that low of yesterday, 978. And if it could come closer, maybe 975, I put out an order and I get filled. I wouldn't feel too bad about getting filled at a lower low than yesterday's low, which had a, a, a big downward feel to it. So that's how I kind of approach these guys and try to approach the entries and, and try not to get myself caught too far away. Um, one thing I will note is this one does have a low uh, prior in, in November 30th and, and the 27th. It had like 990s. So let's see if it can crack those one more time and get closer towards that yesterday's low. But uh, just to mention the sports specs, uh, I did get rid of one, guys. I, I got rid of BHSE just because I wanted to transfer some capital into some of the, my higher conviction plays. And you guys have heard me mention SEAH since I think October. So uh, I'm going to stick with that one, even though I limited down the position, right? It just, to me, it didn't seem so hot. You know, there was so much focus on sports radar that I think that at this moment, People are going to kind of take their eyes off some sports specs and, and look for some other ones. But we'll look for the next announcement. And, and that's why I kind of gotten a, a little bit smaller in SEAH and, and we'll look for a move. Yeah, you know, definitely. And I think that's a, a key here is, you know, uh, paying attention to your own risk profile. And to me, you know, I, I just think for a while we're going to be in this period where these specs no longer trade at that high premium, you know, of 12 to $14 without a deal in place, we're going to see them closer, you know, between, you know, nine fifty and maybe $11. And then once they announce a deal, it'll depend on where it lands after that. But so to me, the way I'm approaching it is, you know, maybe move some money out of some of those trading at premiums, maybe take some profits. And then again, I'm looking more at units now, because with units, you have that, that lower risk and you also have the potential with that upside from the common shares and the warrants. And, you know, time will tell if this is a, a passing moment for SPACs, if this is a temporary thing, 
or if this is the way that SPACs are going to be in the future. Uh, you know, I'm still, you know, a, a, a bull on SPACs, but I, I say that, that again, I think there are too many out there. And I, I've been saying that for months. I would like to see less new SPACs hit the market because I think we're otherwise we're going to see, you know, just sheer volume, you know, hurting these deals. And then also I would like to see, you, you know, uh, better warrant terms too. So some of these companies used to offer, you know, a, a half warrant, a third of a warrant with units. And then they, they started to get to where they started offering a sixth of a warrant, an eighth of a warrant. So there wasn't as much of a premium, you know, for buyers to get in on those units. So I think maybe that's a trend to watch too, that we see change based on the current market environment. All right, guys, we'll go ahead and take a look. And like always, guys, this is why you always got to do your risk assessment. It's not just going up. The stock market doesn't just go up. I know that a lot of you out there are thinking, well, you just if the stock goes down, you just buy, right? And you just make money. No, that's not the way it works, guys. And if you're thinking that, you can end up one day waking up with essentially no money in your account. Or if anything, even worse, you owe them money. So definitely, guys, do your own risk assessment, but always understand your risk and your reward. There's two sides to this game, guys. There's the risk and the reward. And if you're not calculating both, what ends up happening is when one comes, you don't know how to react, whether it be your reward because the stock just ripped up to your level and you don't know if I should sell here or or, or keep holding or, or when should I sell. And, and the big part of that is just plan it out. Just plan it out. What's your risk? What's your reward? What are you looking for? Because the planned attack keeps you in that probability, guys. All right. So like always, guys, we're going to continue going. We got some big interviews next week. We got even more reaching out to us. We've gotten so big, guys. Definitely smash the like button. You know, one of the things I can tell you guys is that everyone is starting to know where the SPACs attack is. So if you're missing out, guys, let everyone know uh, on your Twitter, on your Facebook, SPACs attack is the place to get your information. You know, we have so many interviews with so many SPACs that we've unlocked, giving you guys big access, not just not just to the CEO, but also how, how we take this in-depth approach. We talk about their technologies. We talk about why they got into a SPAC. We talk about their management team and, and, and how they put them together. And a lot of this is how I determine what I get into. So if you guys haven't seen our interviews, go back to the shows, check them out. Even the old ones, look at the MP interview. What an opportunity. What an opportunity, guys. Yeah, I think MP was $13, I think, when we had James Latinsky yeah, on. And, $13, you know, bro, yeah, $13, bro. Yeah, that one, that one is, you know, still stuck in my brain as, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I, you I and I both. This company, why, why didn't I, you know, buy this one? So, uh, yeah, guys, so Power Hour, Zinger Nation coming up next with uh, Jason Rasnick, Luke Jacoby. Um, they've got some great guests. The one thing I want to highlight is at one thirty. Um, on the lunch show, we actually are going to do a, a segment with two guys from the First Mint, which is a podcast uh, that is everything about NBA Top Shot. So maybe you guys have heard of NBA Top Shot, right? And NFTs. Everybody wants to know what they're all about. I know I've gotten into NFTs and I want to learn more about NBA Top Shot. So we're going to be bringing them on to, you know, talk and tell us what, what's this all about. And I may even be back on then to, to ask them some questions. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, so, you know, 
stay tuned for Power Hour coming up now. You've got some great guests up next. Yeah, guys, if you guys haven't seen Power Hour, it's definitely, our, I would say, our hypest show just because the energy does not stop with Hostock Luke and Jason Rasnick. So definitely check it out, guys. It's going to be coming on, I think, in about a minute or two. These guys are always late. So if you get into the chat, let Luke know you cannot be late to the show anymore, man. What time is it? It's 12.02. Why are you starting? Let, let's see if this wakes them up a little bit, if they hear me out there. But definitely, guys, it, it looks like they're starting up. There's about 95 people waiting for that. But we'll keep going and keep trading, guys, like always. And, and look for, look out, guys. There's some big interviews coming. One thing I will let you know, guys, is that I definitely don't think SPACs are done, at least in my opinion. I think we're just getting started. What ended up happening here is that this was a process of the market coming back towards us, growth stocks being turned away from. And I think, you know, growth stocks will be back, guys. I don't think it's going to stick to value for that long. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. Like always, young investor in the chat. I love that guy. Give him a shout out if you guys haven't heard of Young Investor. So definitely smash that like button like Tony Rosa says. And Power, Power Hour is on. So we'll be transferring you guys over. Hey guys, no need like. to go anywhere. You guys will transfer right on over. Smash the like before this video goes to, to Power Hour. Because then you can't like it anymore. You'll be in a new video. So smash the like now. <laughs>